0: Well good morning everybody. Good morning and welcome. Welcome to Sunday worship here at Essex Church where Kensington Unitarians have their spiritual home. Ours is a community created by all who walk through our doors. We bid you welcome. Whoever, whatever, however you are this morning. We all bring, don't we, the very stuff of our lives to everything that we do. And we bring that stuff of our lives to this time of togetherness. And through our singing and our silences, our words and our presence here, we seek that which we most need. Be that peace for the troubled, inspiration perhaps for the down at heart, acceptance for the struggling, a chance to share for the joyous. Whatever version, whatever particular version of the human story you bring with you here today, and I wonder what your particular version of that story might be, here is an opportunity for you to be in connection with yourself, in connection with one another, and in connection with that which you hold to be divine. Some words from Richard Gilbert. Be gentle with one another. Be gentle with one another. It is a cry from the lives of people battered by thoughtless words and brutal deeds. Who of us can look inside another and know what is there? Of hope and hurt, of promise and pain. Our lives are like fragile eggs. They crack and the substance escapes. So handle with care. Handle with exceedingly tender care. For life is too transient to be cruel with another. It's too short for thoughtlessness, too brief for hurting. But life is long enough for caring. It is long enough for sharing Precious enough for love. Let us be gentle with one another. And I light our chalice flame, for it is a symbol for Unitarians and Unitarian Universalist communities around the world. And our reading at the start of today's service reminded us to be gentle with one another. May this fragile flame remind us also to be gentle with ourselves. May also remind me to light our two Advent candles today. This is our second candle for Advent. Traditionally, these first two candles represent hope and love. Just a, a, a very short um, story about um, a less than perfect ruby. Um, and this story tells of that there was once. A rich and powerful king who had a large and very unusual ruby, a ruby beyond all price. This jewel, so beautiful and so perfect was it that it really was the basis for his renown, his wealth and his power. And each day that ruler would would gaze at this ruby with great pride. And you can perhaps then imagine the absolute consternation and bewilderment that hit him when one day he saw that that priceless ruby had got a scratch on it. Who knows from where? Horror of horrors what on earth could be done. And so he called each of his palace jewelers to come and examine the scratch to see what could be done to repair it. And they all said, they were all unanimous, well there's nothing you can do to mend a scratched ruby, you're just going to cause further damage. And the king was so devastated and offered a substantial reward to any jeweler who could be found who could repair the king's ruby. And several jewelers came who fancied their chances and then they all confessed that there was, indeed, nothing to be done. Until some days later, one of the king's servants said that he'd heard tell of an old retired jeweler in a remote country district, said to be very experienced in working with damaged gems. So he was duly sent for, arrived a few days later, little person, rather shabbily dressed, And the king's courtiers were so scornful of him and and told the king, well, he's going to waste your time. But the king insisted that that man be shown the damaged jam and he looked at it thoughtfully for some time and then said, I can't repair your ruby, but if you wish, I can make it more beautiful. And the king was sceptical, but he was desperate to have something done and so he agreed and the jeweller set to work cutting and polishing and some days later he returned, and upon the king's precious stone he had carved the most delicate rose, with its stem being formed from that scratch. I'm going to invite you now to join in a responsive reading which is on this little sheet you'll have been given with your hymn sheet. It's a Litany of Comfort for Blue Christmas written by Deborah Folk and we really enjoyed this at the Step Into Christmas uh, course on Thursday evening. It's about how our lives and our spirits may not be in tune with the jolly jolly Christmas message that we hear all around us. And perhaps you'd like to join us in speaking the words in bold at the end of each of the verses. All around us are bright lights and merry messages, and yet in our heart not all is joyful. There is grief with the loss of relationships. Those we love no longer with us because of death. Those we have loved who are estranged from us. Those we love yet experience a diminishment of intimacy. There is grief with the loss and change of relationship. Grief, bittersweet, for it is a consequence of the presence of love. This season brings forth many feelings. We find comfort in naming these feelings. We find some peace in being together.
1: All around us are bright lights and merry messages, yet in our heart not all is joyful. There may be pain in our bodies, physical pain as a natural outcome of ageing, physical pain that presents itself in illness, pain in the body that forces us to change and imposes limitations, pain bittersweet, for physical experience includes both pain and pleasure and this season brings forth many feelings.
0: Comfort in naming these feelings, we find some peace in being together. All around us are bright lights and merry messages, yet in our heart not all is joyful. There may be anger and regret with the memories we hold, anger with past experiences of hurt or abuse, regret of our own actions that may have caused hurt to others. Anger that life has not turned out as we imagined. Regret for what we might have said or done. Anger and regret, bittersweet, in presenting the possibility for healing and forgiveness. This season brings forth many feelings. We We find find comfort in naming these feelings. We We find find some peace in being together.
1: All around us are bright lights and merry messages. Yet in our heart not all is joyful. There may be uncertainty that accompanies transition and change. Uncertainty of what the future may bring with changes. Uncertainty of direction or purpose after retirement or change of vocation. Uncertainty when changing residence by choice or necessity. Uncertainty bittersweet for change, a constant in life. Let us know we're alive and change along with... (coughs) This season brings forth many feelings.
0: We find comfort in naming these feelings. We find some peace in being together. All around us are bright lights and merry messages, yet in our heart not all is joyful. There may be a sense of hopelessness, hopelessness in the face of so much violence and suffering. Hopelessness with attempts to heal our aching world and ourselves. Hopelessness in witnessing what we have not managed to accomplish. Hopelessness bittersweet, for its longing reminds us of our capacity for hope and the human spirit's tenacity and courage that rest deep within each of us. As this season brings forth many feelings, we find comfort in naming these feelings We find some peace in being
1: together. All around us are bright lights and merry messages. Yet in our heart not all is joyful. There is loneliness. Loneliness when we find ourselves alone after being long partnered. Loneliness when we are separated from loved ones. Loneliness when we move to a new community and struggle to find our way. Loneliness that never seems filled even with good company. Loneliness that is an ever-present aching in the heart. Loneliness, bittersweet, for it is felt only when we have known connectedness and this season brings forth many
0: feelings. We find comfort in naming these feelings. We find some peace in being together. All around us are bright lights and merry messages, yet in our heart not all is joyful. We know grief and pain. We know anger and regret. We know hopelessness and loneliness. We know all these feelings. We name them. We live them, for such is the human experience that love presents us with the possibility of being hurt, with the grief of loss. The connection holds the potential of loneliness and uncertainty, that forgiveness can begin to heal anger and regret that being alive is a courageous act in which we engage all of our emotions and this season brings forth many feelings. We find comfort comfort in in naming these feelings. We find find some some peace peace in in being together. together. I know it's stating the obvious, but if you want the one paragraph summing up of the message of today's service, it is this, that each of us is both fragile and strong, and that through the course of our lives, we experience a remarkably varied range of states along this fragile spectrum. Now add the spiritual message that strength may be weakness and weakness may be strength, and there you have it, the whole, the whole service really. So we should probably just sit now in silence and contemplate that for quite a while. But do you know, us Unitarians, we value the spoken word. You as a congregation pay me to read a lot, to think a lot, and then turn up here on a Sunday and say a lot. <laughs> about something, and hopefully that something connects with the issues in your life and and makes some sense and gets you thinking and we talk, all of us, and hopefully this whole process helps us all as we skip or struggle along this road of life. So I have been immersed in these concepts of fragility and strength all week. I have been reading lots about the subject, but... Also, I just happen to have had a cold this week, a simple common cold. Has anyone else had a cold recently? i of sure, yeah, there's a few here. Don't you think it's remarkable that a simple cold can be so thoroughly debilitating? The simplest of tasks has been a challenge to me this week. I could read a page of a book and at the end of it I would be unable to tell you what I've just read. So I'll let you into a ministerial secret. This bit of the service used to be called a sermon. And some ministers still use that word proudly. Though for me, the word sermon has the words long and boring immediately, either before or after it. So I tend to avoid the word sermon for fear that it might be boring and, well, you know, as contagious as the common cold perhaps. So, so here at Essex Church, we tend to use the word address Though that too can make some people laugh a bit. Some of us will remember Will Lyons standing up here a few years ago and saying, so here's the address. Long pause. Essex Church, 112, Palace Gardens, Terrace, London, etc., etc. Using the word address implies that work has gone into this. We We are addressing the subject with thought and care. So... When you look at this bit on the order of service today, it says, some thoughts on. Well, this is a coded way of admitting that I've realized that I've bitten off far more than I can chew. I certainly haven't digested it. The topic is vast and important. It's gonna take me far longer than I've got now to in any way start to put thoughts into coherent form. Because coming to terms with this spectrum of fragility and strength This is life. This is it. That's what what we're up to. This is the work of being human. And for me, it's a key task of choosing to live spiritually, owning up, you might say, to the quite remarkable pain as well as the beauty of our fragile lives. I mean, even thinking about the fragility of the human body can make me feel like hiding under the duvet for the whole of the next week. These amazing bodies of ours that have such remarkable recuperative powers and yet ultimately all fade and die. And knowing that those we love dearly can be physically hurt and and they too must die, ah, our bodies are fragile and our feelings are too. Relatively minor words and deeds can spend us spiralling downwards emotionally even when the person concerned had no intention of hurting us. Our states of well-being can be changed in a moment. Now Buddhism is a religion that I find remarkably helpful in this area with its core teachings about impermanence reminding us that nothing, absolutely nothing, lasts forever. The Buddha taught that everything material must eventually fall apart. This is why things break in your kitchen etc etc this image of falling apart is a is I think a really useful one it's used by the American Buddhist nun Pema Chodron who wrote a whole book called when things fall apart and this is what she has to say about it things falling apart is a kind of testing and also a kind of healing we think that the point is to pass the test or to overcome the problem but the truth is that things don't really get solved. They come together and they fall apart. Then they come together again and fall apart again. It's just like that. The healing, the healing comes from letting there be room for all of this to happen. Room for grief, room for relief, for misery, for joy. This is the vulnerability of human existence and vulnerability has become my favorite word of this week so cross out fragility on your order of service sheet because don't you think that sounds just a tad too much like a piece of china that has to be kept locked up in a cupboard for fear someone might break it and the implication there is that if it's broken well it's useless Ah, oh, vulnerability now that contains a far more precious message That we can be hurt, indeed we must be hurt, by living. That we can be broken, indeed we must be broken by living. Leonard Cohen's image of the crack being where the light shows through is used by plenty of other poets and songwriters. These words are so beautiful of his. Ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There is a crack, a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. That's how the light gets in. That's how the light gets in. Sometimes it's said the other way around, that the cracks are there for the light to get out, and that only through our brokenness can we realise... Somewhere is the last line of all of this. <laughs> yes, here it is (laughs) the cracks are there for the light to get out and only through our brokenness can we realise essential eternal truths that reside actually within us they're too often hidden from ourselves and everyone else perhaps it's in the admitting of our vulnerability that we allow others to see us as we truly are and such honesty is required for the building of true relatedness with others This is a path to intimacy where we can hope to love others and be loved really, truly, just as we are. For we're all scratched rubies. Like in the story we heard earlier on, we are damaged, but the damage makes us real. Life too often seems to encourage us to pretend to be strong and capable, to hide our flaws, Well, my hope for a religious community such as ours here at Essex Church is that this might be a place where people can be real, where we can admit our weaknesses, our foolishness, our mistakes, our fragility and vulnerability. And you never know. We might just get to see that our broken places really are where the light shines through, both inwards and outwards. A glowing little circle of humanity like this made just a bit brighter. I think because you're part of it. Amen. So in the week ahead, may we know our vulnerability and love ourselves for it. May we recognise vulnerability in others and be gentle in response. May we understand that resilience comes not from rigidity, but from the yielding to the flow of that which is. Amen. Go well and blessed be.